Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to Nature. So the plan for today's episode was that we were going to do an episode about hunting, but unfortunately the person who was going to feature in this was not available to record. So instead, you guys are very blessed with the presence of both me and Shannon in the same room. And so we thought we'd use this opportunity to record an episode together the first episode together since the pandemic, may I add, and we will be talking about how going back to nature can facilitate recovery from mental health episodes. Thanks for that introduction, Katie. Yeah, it's really exciting that we're actually together in in person. Uh, We've all all the other episodes we've we've recorded them remotely um, and just each tuned in from our respective locations so it is really exciting to actually be together in person recording something Um, and yeah as as Katie mentioned we are going to be talking about uh, mental health so this is part one of hopefully two episodes about about mental health because we've actually got a plan to to interview a a guest as as part of our podcasting about mental health uh, but we're not sure if if she's going to be available or not but yeah but today is just us um, and for me this this uh, particular topic is is quite close to my heart because I've recently gone through a a bit of a mental health episode myself Um, I I had quite severe mania uh, and I'm still in the in the recovery phase from that so I guess a good place to start would be to talk about the experience which led up to that episode so I was I was with Katie um, at the time so it it makes sense for us to be together talking about this experience so we we were together on a on a meditation retreat actually uh, in the in the Welsh countryside and while I was there something happened to me which I can only really describe as a massive explosion of my own head into loads of different ideas and theories and thoughts about pretty much everything from the beginning of the universe to to the concept of of time Um, and I was thinking about history I studied history at university so that kind of made sense and communication and how we can make the world a better place and just having all these incredibly exciting ideas and I became so awake I couldn't I I, I simply couldn't sleep and I had it in my head that you know I was I was a bit deluded I guess I was thinking you know I was I was someone who could you know really help to to change the world and, and save the planet and um and I guess my ego became massive temporarily I mean it's, it's all quite hard to describe but but Katie you were you were there with me so you know how, how how would you describe this experience how was it for you interesting to say the least Shannon just had an insane amount of energy it kind of all started one night where she just couldn't sleep and was really restless and just getting up and leaving the room constantly and since that night she was just very talkative, had lots of ideas that she was trying to communicate, but was kind of stuck in a bit of a limbo of wanting to communicate all these ideas, but not being able to. And so at some points, I remember Shannon, you described it to me as quite frustrating. And it was it was really interesting because although you would say some perhaps quite delusional things equally you had some really valid points and really interesting insights and so there was just kind of this mix between some very outlandish ideas with some very 
uh, realistic and valuable ones. And so it was, yeah, quite insightful. But it was just all mixed up with a lot of energy. And you would often swing from one mood to another within seconds, which was quite rare to witness. I don't think I've ever seen that in anybody else before. And so I think the only thing that I thought to do was just to kind of listen and remain calm and just hear what you had to say. Um, And funny enough, it didn't even clock to me that something was happening. I just kind of thought, oh, yeah. Shannon so <laughs> I mean I am I am quite a an up and down eccentric, eccentric ex- <laughs> excitable person I think that's the word I was looking for um I essentially became a much more extreme version of myself because as I said I do tend to have mood swings and and I, I I have anxiety as well so I can sometimes be quite a neurotic kind of person so I think this experience just brought my my truest self to the fore but in a way which was really extreme and 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 I was feeling very manic I was the, I think that I never really received a formal diagnosis when I was in the hospital I, I ended up having to go to hospital as off the off the back of that but the doctors did talk about the idea of mania so I think essentially what I had was an episode of, of hypermania where I just couldn't stop talking and communicating my ideas and as Katie said it was very frustrating um, and it became even more frustrating once I ended up in the hospital because all I wanted all along it was to just be in, in nature, but I ended up having to go to the hospital because my behavior was so unusual and bizarre. Um, and my, my, my family in particular just didn't really know how to, how to handle it. Um, they didn't really know how to, how to deal with me. So they ended up putting me in, in hospital. And then when, once I was in hospital, I ended up being put under something called a section two. So I was essentially detained in hospital because I'd, I, I was just acting, I was, I was out of control. I was out of control of myself and my emotions. Um, but I also had some, some kind of really great ideas. And I think that really says something about the, the, the boundary between sanity and, and, in, and insanity. Because I think as you become what society would label as insane, you know, more or more manic or, or, you know, however you want to describe it, you know, if it feels like you're getting closer and closer to some form of truth, you know, um, but then it's just sometimes that can go sort of too far. And then obviously you need help from doctors and, and, and that, but then I think there's a problem with the way mental illness is treated in 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 hospitals because um, you know I was I was in the general hospital for for nine days before I was eventually transferred over to um, to a, a, a mental health hospital specifically for dealing with mental health conditions um, and I also spent some time in in accident and, and and emergency before I was moved to a ward and I think that was actually the worst place for me to be because I was so far from nature and it was a very confusing and stimulating in environment but Katie you you obviously came to visit me while I was in in hospital so kind of what was your impression really of of the way the hospital was sort of dealing with my mental health struggles I think in general it was honestly just quite sad I mean each individual nurse was as doing as much as they could but they were all so busy and run off their feet that they could pay very little attention to each individual and the same from what I heard about your experience with psychologists is supposedly you're only having five minute max conversations with each one and I just don't think you can gain a really clear insight into each individual by having such a short amount of time and furthermore 
it seemed that a lot of patients in there for mental health reasons were being treated as if it was a physical injury. And of course, there is the mind-body link, but you shouldn't treat mental illnesses the same as physical ones. And so being in a hospital room, bed-bound, for some people with physical injuries, sure, that's a great way to recover, but it's not the same for people who experience mental um, illnesses. And so I've, I thought it was just quite disheartening kind of seeing that, but equally, you can't put the blame on the people in these establishments and in these hospitals because they're doing the best they can. I think ultimately it kind of boils down to a lack of funding and that's why not much attention can be paid to each individual but I did think it was quite a shame and you know perhaps you might have had a better experience if there was more money going into looking after um, individuals with mental health illnesses. Yeah I'm, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying and I and I do completely agree that mental and physical conditions you know shouldn't be treated in in exactly the same way and it's you know and, and a more case-by-case individualized treatment would be would be better um, but th- but then again I wouldn't say it's necessarily down to just a lack of funding but more the way that funding is 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 managed um, because I think the the NHS currently sort of keeps itself afloat by building these contracts with companies you know companies who provide food for example or sanitation products or um, you know or you know what a hygiene products whatever it might be um, and that's essentially how they manage to to stay afloat um, but then all the money kind of goes into building those contracts and, and mo- most importantly are the contracts with the big pharmaceutical companies because essentially you know ph- pharmaceutical drugs are the primary means of treating both mental and physical conditions um, and there's a lot of money in that industry so I think I would I would agree with you to some extent but I think the government are putting money into the NHS into the NHS it just has to go down so many layers of bureaucracy before it actually you know reaches the people who who need it and then and then there's all this time and energy spent on on paperwork the, you know the NHS is just riddled with constant kind of paperwork and and you know making sure everything is noted down and recorded and processed properly um, and, and that's what takes up the nurses and the and the doctor's time you know is processing all this paperwork and people do get people do get the the care that they need because I think the nurses in in the NHS are absolutely incredible people and I think they do a really amazing job and you know I'm saying that from from first-hand experience but it's just the way the whole system is run and it was very frustrating being stuck in this system and kind of seeing the problems with it and just craving nature that's I was literally dying for for nature while I was in hospital and I think that's what people with mental health conditions often often need I mean the only nature I had access to while I was in the acute care unit for example was this tiny courtyard with literally dandelions kind of growing up through the cracks and I would pick a dandelion and just stare into it and and try and connect with nature that way I mean that that was all I could do and I was doing yoga on the floor of the ward and I was just trying to do all of my usual routines which help with my mental health and connect me to nature but it was really difficult to do those things in a hospital and you know it was certainly not the right kind of environment for that but surely you know those are the sort of things which people who have mental health conditions and go th- and people who go through mental health episodes like I did need. I think that's a very fair point what you were saying about 
the problem with bureaucracy and paperwork but also I think you have to understand that for such a big organization dealing with so many people en masse there have to be policies procedures and processes in place to deal with just the sheer amount of patients they have and also it helps protect them against any potential lawsuits and so as frustrating as it is I can understand why it's there also one other thing that I did wonder is so throughout your whole experience you say that you're really craving nature and do you think that allowing patients to have more ready access to nature is something that can help mental health or do you think just because you as an individual has grown up in nature do you think that you're biased to kind of think that this is something that everybody needs yeah, no, that is a very interesting question and one that I hadn't really thought about. I mean, maybe I have been making the assumption that everyone would benefit in the same way. But I, I would say that when I was in the the mental health hospital, so I, I was eventually transferred over to a hospital that was specifically for people with mental health struggles, um, I sort of ended up kind of guiding some of the other women in there to try and embrace nature more. I mean, they... They, I, they, they sort of flocked to me when I was when when I arrived, because I I, I was quite different to the other patients there, because most of the other patients were uh, from a lower kind of socioeconomic background than than I was, and they most of them had had drug addictions as well, so a very different sort of situation to me, but they but they sort of flocked to me when I arrived and. And I went, I went outside, for example, to the, to the little courtyard. And I, I remember I had to ask for them to open the door to, to let me go outside. Like, you know, you, you have to ask for everything in, 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 in a place like that. You, you're essentially reduced to a, a child when you're, when you're sent to one of those places. And the nurses are completely run off their feet. But every time you need something, you have to ask, you know, if your, your phone will be on the charge in the office because you're not allowed charges in your room and you have to go and ask to get it. If you want to place one of the board games that they've got, in, locked inside this cabinet you have to ask them to unlock the cabinet and I had to ask them to go outside um, and when I when I did that I went and sat down on a bench in the sunshine and a lot of the other women kind of followed me outside and, and kind of sat down near me and kind of started trying to talk to me um, and then I remember I, I picked a flower while I was outside and I was and I was enjoying kind of looking into the flower and kind of sensing and getting getting in touch with nature and then I noticed that a lot of the other women started doing the same thing as me so kind of mirroring my personal coping strategies I guess um and that people they were often like lying in the sun and and I I, I would sit and meditate in the sun and then the, the the other women would kind of follow suit and close their eyes and enjoy the sunshine as well and I'm not entirely sure whether the other women there were behaving in the same way that they usually would you know if I wasn't there but it seemed to me that they were kind of following my lead in a way and I also I also think that doing things like art and poetry and other kind of creative exercises are a really great remedy for when you you know for when you've got mental health struggles and and I guess it, it, it sort of makes sense that connecting with nature would help with mental health struggles because I think in essence when you've got psychological struggles, it often represents being out of touch with with yourself and being disconnected from your true self. And if you think about, you know, what is our tr our truest nature is that we are a part of the natural world, that we belong to the natural world. So it kind of makes sense that uh, that it, that it would alleviate psychological distress to try and connect with our nature, which is 
you know the nature that surrounds us uh, I don't know what do you think of that take Katie yeah maybe your experience does show that a lot of people do need nature to help them feel better in themselves and it's quite interesting what you say because to me it kind of seems like those other patients have kind of forgotten how to get in touch with nature and perhaps they've been there so long and they've been separated from nature so long for so long that they just need that reminder and they needed to see what you wanted to do someone who's new to the whole experience to see how you cope with it so then they too can remember that this is something that is there this is a tool they can use some kind of coping mechanism to help them to recover and I do think it is a shame and I did notice this as well this was the other thing that I saw when I visited you that the hospital bedrooms they just look out onto a concrete jungle it's horrible even just the hospital when I walked in there it's just all concrete and I just I don't think that for anybody can make them feel better and I think it is actually proven there's a scientific study that goes to show that um, patients who have a a window looking out onto a green space recover faster than those who don't and I think that's quite telling and I would like to know how that actually improves recovery rate but it does go to show that you know a little bit of nature goes a a long way yeah definitely I mean it's it's undoubted undoubtable that nature is is calming everyone knows going for a walk in in nature or you know looking out across a a green scene across some green scenery you know can make you feel better in yourself Uh, and I think that can help with both mental health struggles and physical health problems as well Um, but hospitals are about as far away from from nature from that kind of nature as you can possibly be because they're so they're, they're so functional and because treatment is based around you know, administering drugs and operations and procedures um, and, you know, very little thought goes into things like healthy eating or, you know, having a view of nature or exercise. You know, there are no opportunities to exercise really in, in hospital. I mean, I literally ended up doing my yoga down the corridor of the of the hospital um, because, you know, I wanted to carry on with my, with my exercise. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think there are some very inherent problems in the way that hospitals operate um which probably go beyond the scope of this episode but yeah I think it's definitely safe to say that that nature is is a good remedy for for mental health struggles in conclusion yeah I think as well although this has been a difficult experience for you it's been good that you've learned a lot from it and that you've come out stronger from it but yeah so thank you very much Shannon for sharing your experience and join us next week for a surprise whether it's hunting whether it's part two of the mental health episode who knows that's the excitement so we'll see you guys then thank you very much you certainly sounded very excited there Katie I am so excited (laughs) but yeah I would I would just like to say quickly that um that I do think this experience has affected me um, in a in a in a positive way in the end, although it's been very difficult, and I really regret the pain and sadness that I've caused for those around me for whom it's been quite stressful and confusing. I feel that for me personally, I've come out the other side as a more mindful and stronger person in myself. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to to finish up with that. Beautiful. All right, guys, that was it for today. Thank you for listening, and see you next week. Bye.